1: Hey
0: everybody, it's Wednesday night and you know what that means, another exciting episode of the West Coast Recess with your boy, Raider Rome, aka the Sports Butler, just here ready to fight some West Coast bias one last time. We've had ourselves one great season and it's going to be even better tonight. We've got ourselves some coaching news. We've got ourselves some awards to give out. And not to mention, there was a little football that was played last week, and there's a little football that's going to be played this week. I will be your conductor tonight, and I will take you all around the league, and we will will get started with no further ado. The Oakland Raiders today made their coaching decision, picking up Denver defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. This is a great hire, in my personal opinion, because you got a guy who actually wants to be a Raider head coach. He brings toughness. And not to mention, he did pretty good in Jacksonville with a team that really didn't have much to go on. He made the playoffs twice. I mean, you can't really beat that. And another great thing is he's going to possibly bring along here Mike Smith as the defensive coordinator. But hold that thought here. You know I never fight West Coast bias alone. I've got here my great friend, D Will, aka Big Mills, aka Spitz Game. Welcome to the recess, my brother.
2: Man, you know what, Ron? I'm gonna have to uh make you re up and, and sign up for my hosting classes. <laughs> You're giving away too much info to be given, man. Anyway Well, <laughs> uh, we we good. It, 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 you're giving away too much info, man. You're giving away too much info. You can't give away all the goods. You can't just give away all the goods and drop all the knowledge at the beginning. You got to tease them a little bit, man. You got to tease them just a little bit. Anyway, though, I'm doing, I'm doing spectacular, brother. I'm doing spectacular. I'm just happy to be here with you on another Wednesday night, 8 p.m., West Coast time. I got my gloves on, ready to fight, West, ready to fight against West
0: Coast Bias. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Are, let's you box. Are you ready? I'm ready. We got the sword raised, we got the gloves on. Let's fight some bias.
2: Yes, sir. Hey man, so um I got I got a quick question for you, man. It's just a, it's just one quick question.
0: What was it a catch? Me. Was it a catch? Well, given the letter of the law. I'm going to have to say no. He did not catch the football. They tell you you have to possess the football all the way to the ground. And from my personal opinion, looking at that, it did not look like he caught that football. I mean, fall down, catch the ball. Don't try to do anything else. I'll have to say that Death Bryant was probably a victim of his own athleticism in that situation. because I mean, an argument could be made that he was, that he was reaching for the pylon. But I'm going to have to say, They given the letter of the law, no, he did not catch the football. Man, you are
2: out of your mind. Just like the NFL is out of their mind. Granted, you know, I am not a Cowboys fan by any means. I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan. But the Cowboys got robbed on that play. Because when you look at the third law and, and guys going to the ground and, and possessing the ball and all that stuff, yada, 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 if you look at it in those terms, no, he did not catch the ball. But in the same instance, it shouldn't have even gotten to that point. Like It shouldn't even gotten to the point where they had to look to see uh, if he was going to the ground, if he maintained possession because the man caught the football and made not one, not two, but three football plays, football moves, whatever you want to call it, before he actually went to the ground, went up in the air, caught the ball, secured it, one foot landed, second foot landed, a third foot landed. So the guy is basically running with the ball, and not only is he taking three steps, he extended the ball with one hand, full control of the ball with one hand palming the ball, gripping the ball. The ball is in full possession. Then he lunged. Go. That is another football play. Go. Like, he, he was just falling to the ground as he was catching the ball. He had already caught the ball, and he just made a football move to lunge and dive. I think they were nitpicking, and they looked too deep into it. They got ahead of themselves, and all they were thinking about was the guy going to the ground and maintain a position where, you know, that view should have been obsolete. They shouldn't even have to look at that, because well, mean, you think they wouldn't. Oh, it should already been decided. already been decided and deciphered that the man caught the ball before that even happened. We well, you know, caught it's, the ball,
0: but I it's mean, the strength, you know, man. you know the
2: rules. That's the that's the bird that's the birdie manual. That's the rule right there uh, old Tampa Bay Buccaneers when that came in, man.
0: Um, Anyway, man, go do your thing. I'm just sitting here listening. Yeah, it's all right. But basically, yeah. But basically, all I can say about that one is, yes, Brian, he was a victim of his own athleticism. You you know that if you get up or you hit the ground and the ball rolls around at any point, they're going to probably have to take a second look at it. I mean, it's kind of the same situation that happened with Earl Thomas Saturday night. I mean, he he caught the ball and he rolls over and the ball hits the ground. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think. I think Green Bay would have probably went down and scored anyway. So this is one of nah, those nah, things. Um, no, yeah. No. I mean, it's just one of those things. Dez, next time you catch the ball, don't even leave it to chance. Step out of bounds next time or something. Don't die for the pile. You never know what these referees are thinking. But still, Stop great, it. great, a great effort by Dez. Though so I'll give it to you. <laughs> Stop that! Kill that noise! All right, man.
2: So look, look. This what this what we are doing here, Rome? Um, this is the last. This is the last episode um, of the 2014-2015 um, season of the NFL West Recess. Everything else is from here on out. Besides this, when we come back in the spring, it's going to be 2015 draft talk and everything, man. So we gotta we gotta do a bit. We gotta like not just recap um, last week or whatever. Like we're gonna do like a whole entire, you know season recap. Let's you know get little, let's get nostalgic a little bit and, you know, talk about some of the things that we like, talk about some of the things that we didn't like. Um who deserve props, uh who deserve uh to have some uh have some poop put in a plastic in a plastic grocery bag, sit on their doorstep <laughs> and get and get lit on fire, you know, because they were stinking. Um some of the things that disappointed us for the season, you know, some of the, thing, some of the things that, that made us happy. Um, but before we do all that, you know, let's go into the original thing and what we always do every week. Let's recap last week um, the division around uh, the NFL playoffs. And let's not spend too much time on the uh, – on the non NFL West games. Let's do the NFL West games uh last. Let's talk about um let's talk about um the the Ravens the Ravens and the Patriots real quick man. What did you what did you see in that game and uh,
0: what did you like this like? Well I, I like the fact that Baltimore actually came to play football. Joe Flacco continues his offensive mastery of the playoffs, getting Baltimore out to that fourteen nothing lead. But then you got Brady. I mean, he's going to always battle back, and he battled back time and time again, even when Flacco put Baltimore back ahead 28-14. to 14, There was no way that that football game was going to be a blowout because you just know that Baltimore is going to bring that championship pedigree, and they were going to fight New England to the end, and they did that. The thing that really got me though at the end of that football game is when you got to the point where there's about two, three minutes left in the football game and you're driving the football down the field, you know it's quite impossible for you to stop Tom Brady why are you throwing bombs down the field? Run the football, eat up as much clock as you can, and it ends up biting Baltimore in the ass, throwing that big bomb that gets intercepted with about a minute and a half remaining. That was a terrible um, game game plan right there by Harbaugh, a horrible strategy, and it ended up costing them. New England moves on for the 35-31 victory. Baltimore gets to sit there all spring and think about what could have been. How do you feel about that match? Um.
2: Uh, I feel that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. That's no, that's that's my takeaway from the game. Um, you know, he knew that he wasn't going to really stop Justin Forsett, and he pretty much he pretty much allowed allowed the Ravens to control the game. How uh, they're going to control it because you know it was just his strategy. To, to get involved, to get involved in the shootout. And it's it's just evident by by the numbers, by the numbers in this game. Joe Flacco threw four touchdowns. What's the what's the stat line? Um I think it's something like he's thrown two touchdown passes in what, ten consecutive playoff games or something like that. The only person in NFL history to have done that. Like in every single game he's thrown two touchdown passes. Um that's that's pretty remarkable right there. And they did not call a run-and-play the entire second half. The New England Patriots did it, call a run-and-play the entire second half. Like, they – he knows that the Ravens aren't the best team against the pass, and he knows they're pretty stout against the run. So he's like, you know what, F? like, why am I even going to waste my time and run the ball? Like, I'm Bill Belichick. I got Tom Brady. Let them know – what we're gonna do? We're gonna pass it. How are you guys gonna stop? How are you guys gonna stop the pass? He is so smug and arrogant that he just says, "Look, this is what we're doing. I dare you to stop this." And they couldn't stop it. That's just yeah. He's amazing, a jerk, man. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing, man. Um, goodness gracious, like really, there really is no other coach in, in comparison. You you could talk about all those old school cultures, man, but the game wasn't as advanced as it is right now with so much film, uh, so much statistical data that supports a certain play and everything, and this is their fourth consecutive AFC championship game, man. It's just, you can't, God, man, these are freaking New England Patriots, man. I just really hate to give these guys props, man, but this is just, they're they're everything, man. Like they're they're everything. What, what sports is about? Like their whole entire system. Like they don't have any overpaid players except for the guy that truly truly deserves it on their team. And if somebody you know doesn't want to take the pay cut, I mean, on to the next person and the next person fills in. And if somebody gets hurt, they change up their strategy. They could run the ball forty times a game, or they could run the ball zero times. New England Patriots. Um, it's going to be an interesting
0: game this week. Coming up, all right. Yeah, I'll say that, but I will say, in all fairness, the New England Patriots shouldn't even be playing a football game Sunday afternoon. The Baltimore Ravens were defeated by John Harbaugh. You don't throw the football in that situation. And I will give Belichick props on this, though. That for, that that weird looking formation. Hey, he got him good with that one. And if you're Harbaugh, you can't throw a temper tantrum like a two year old child. You just have to prepare and coach your team. So, uh, big ups to um, Belichick on that one. I'm going to hope to ride in Sunday afternoon, but that's another story for later on in this program. Nice win by New England.
2: Cowboys Packers. All right. It's, I mean, where you established No, know, where I'm at on this right here. That um, in the beginning of the show, where no. Granted, there's no t- there's no telling what could have actually happened, but the Cowboys had a game plan and. They they execute their game plan to a T. Tony Romo is very efficient, you know, 15 of 19, 191 yards, two touchdowns. DeMarco Murray, they pounded the rock. He got like five yards to carry, 25 carries, 123 yards in a tug. They did everything that they're supposed to do. On the other end, um, the Green Bay, they ran the ball well. They threw the ball well uh Devontae Adams was a secret weapon for them because pretty much um Nelson and and Cobb were were covered heavily so Devontae Adams had to get it in. Um Eddie Lacey was a monster. Aaron Rodgers didn't really look like Aaron Rodgers, but at the end of the day he still got the job done you know, on the on the gimpy leg. So, you know, I, I hate to say but this game really and truly did come down to that call. It really and truly did come down to that call. Now, two things could happen here. One, Green Bay Packers could go into Seattle and lay an egg and everybody would be like, see, like they didn't deserve to be here anyway. Dallas should have been here. Dallas went to Seattle early in the season and beat the Seahawks and it should have been you know, it should have been Dallas here. Or they could kill all that noise and let everybody, you know, STFU, everybody out there, you know what STFU is, STFU and go in and beat the Seahawks, then nobody will
0: have anything to say.
2: I mean, that's it. Koya, what's your takeaway? Well,
0: my point with this game is Dallas played well enough to win the game. There are so many things that went on just to get to that point to where Dez Bryant's catch should have quite possibly been rendered irrelevant. Dallas, I mean, DeMarco Murray has quite possibly a breakaway touchdown. He fumbles the football on. Uh-huh. Doubt that they miss a 50-yard field goal late in the first half where they were actually going down the field. I was kind of shocked they didn't run the ball again anyway. They had about a minute and a minute left or so, something like that. You could have got the first down and then tried to throw the ball around. So, these mistakes are, kept Green Bay in the football game, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, he did what he does in Green Bay. He made the plays that, that they needed to make. So even if it is a catch or not a catch, I mean, Dallas has only themselves to blame for putting themselves in this situation. And Green Bay, they're going to go into Seattle, and you're going to probably get the same result as you got week one. But that's probably another story for later on in this program. I mean, I think I don't know if the better team won. But in the playoffs, if you got more points than the other team at the end, you take your victory. Green Bay got the job done. No argument for me. That's all. They, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And that's
2: all that really matters. Um, Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, Carolina Panthers. Um, you know what? It's it's it's, it's crazy, man. But like the Panthers just actually had a chance to win this game, and. They they could have they could have won this game uh, had had they executed uh, a lot better. Um, they just they just folded completely folded at the at the end of the game. I'm very shocked that they didn't um, hand the ball off to Jonathan Stewart a lot more than they did. Cam Newton had no business. Throwing the ball thirty six times, as evident by his two interceptions, and he just like he was just forcing the ball, just trying to force it to different people, throwing it places that uh, he shouldn't have thrown. And you know, Cam Chancellor made them pay for it on one play. And Jonathan Stewart only carried the ball thirteen times, man. And if you, you're averaging five yards to carry against the Seattle Seahawks, like keep handing it off to those guys, man. Just keep doing it. And they dominated this game as far as time of possession goes, and you know that's how you beat these guys. Like they had the ball 34 minutes compared to Seattle's 26. They should have won this game. They should have won this game. But at the end of the day, those turnovers were crucial. Like you cannot turn the ball over because you know why? Russell Wilson on the other side of the ball, he is not going to make any mistakes. He is not going to make any mistakes at all, and. That's how they get their win. They didn't, they didn't run the ball that well. Marshawn Lynch didn't run the ball. The you know, Panthers defense kept Russell Wilson in check, in the pocket, didn't allow him to get out. But those two crucial plays where the tight end just gets loose and Jermaine Curse gets loose ultimately kills the Panthers, man. And, hey, Seattle, they are
0: who we thought they were worth any Green. Yo, that's good. Well, and you also forgot to mention, Sherman almost also dropped another pick six earlier in the football game. So Cam did get away with a couple as far as that game went. But you did make a lot of valid points. After Seattle got ahead of Carolina 7-0, they actually started pounding the ball, getting closer down the field. They, they were doing what they had to do, making the plays. They went down, they tied up the game. And hang on here, we got ourselves, somebody else on the call here. Welcome to Southern California. Who's that over there on my show? Uh this is uh this is Brian, uh, uh, uh from, from Twitter. It's Brian NFL in LA. Hey, welcome. <laughs> this is our good greater buddy, Brian Mahir. How you doing there, Brian? That's Raider Rome, aka the sports butler. How you feeling tonight?
1: Uh, I'm feeling great. I wanted to call in to tell you that I I I don't know we I I wasn't able to hear Hey, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm out-functioning right now, but... Um,
2: wait, wait. Ho- hold on, Brian. Brian, Brian. Hold on. Ah, uh, be
1: will There you are. Hold hold
2: there you on. are. Yes, I'm here. Hold on. Hold on, Brian. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought, okay. Brian. Wait, I- I'm going to talk to you. We're going to talk about this in a second. I don't know what you're okay. going to talk about, but I want to talk to you about something. All right. Okay. Finish what you're saying. Finish what you're saying about, uh, about this game, and let's do that in this game. Uh, uh, about what? Excuse me? No. Wrong. Right wrong, man. Uh, all right.
0: Oh, and yeah, where, where was I? Oh, I was just basically saying Carolina once they actually fell behind, they started do, moving the ball a little bit. You know, Kelvin Benjamin made a few plays. You know, Jonathan Stewart was running hard. Carolina though, they just killed themselves by getting away. They got away from that. You fall behind twenty-four to ten, and you're still driving the ball pretty well. Cap Chats was pick six, the backbreaker. This is how Seattle wins football games. Sure, you can move the ball up and down the field on from here and there but they're going to they gonna always find a way to get that big turnover to crush you. And Green Bay is going to be no different, but that's another story. Seattle Seahawks, you continue on your road. You'll host the NFC Championship game. Cam, you played well. This just ain't your stage yet, Seattle 31, Carolina 17. Hey, I got, we got Brian on the line right
2: now, man. You know, Brian, my boy, uh, from the Gridiron, Gridiron Mission, Um so so check this out, man. So there's one more game. we got to do a recap, so we don't have to do a recap. Just know the Colts smashed on the Broncos 24-13, and it's the end of the Denver Broncos uh, current era as we know it, because after that game, you know, heads rolled, blah, 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 24-13. Peyton Manning all oh, coming up with excuses. He was hurt, this, that, and the other, whatever. And it was
1: Brian,
2: great. It was great. It up, was great. <laughs> what's on your mind? I enjoyed watching it myself. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed the debacle
1: that was the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know, it was it was, it was great. <laughs> no, but hey, in all seriousness, I don't know. Have you guys touched on Jack yet? Or no, that's it, that's it, that's
2: it. That's why I was like, Hold that, on, well, on, that's that's re- the reason why. Hold that's down. right. Go ahead.
1: That's the reason why I had to had call in. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I couldn't go into deep detail on, on Gridiron because we know G doesn't really like to talk about the Raiders too much. But, uh, but uh, you know, I had to call my two boys that are Raider fans, and, and I know they, they they want to talk about this. But uh, you know, I think Jack is is, is a good hire. Um, I think I think he's he out of the pool of, of guys. I think he was the best. I, I mean, I like Shanahan, but I, I would have been That's okay a with Mike home. Shanahan.
2: As a good host, I have to actually say this because we didn't say this. So, for those of you that are listening to the show right now, the Raiders have made it official, and they have hired Jack Del Rio. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. You're giving away too much right away. Hang on.
2: Man, man, forget
0: (laughs) that, man. That was the beginning.
2: Whatever. (laughs) Hired Jack Jack Del Rio as the head football coach. Of the Oakland Football Raiders, um, why why are you excited about Jake Del Rio? Brian, tell me about it. Why are you excited about Jack?
1: Well, I I mean out of out of everybody, he's the guy that actually wanted the job. I mean, it's his dream job. He said he's said it for years. I've i I've, I've heard him every time we play him. Uh, in '07, he said it when 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 we weren't too good. When we that year, we drafted uh, Jamarcus and whatnot. Uh, we right. played Jacksonville that year. That was one of Warren Sapp's last game. I remember that game vividly because he got kicked out of the game. And right. um, I remember that week going, leading up to the game, he said, wow, I'm playing the Raiders. Um, you know, this has always been uh, – this was my childhood team. I grew up in the Bay Area, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching the Jags right now. But no doubt that, <laughs> you know, if I could have had it before, I would have loved to coach the Raiders. That was in mm-hmm. 07. In 2010 when we played them that Dmac had probably the best game of his career than that Denver game um he said before that game um you know the Raiders have always been uh they were my team growing up and I still root for them when I don't play them and I would coach them if I wasn't coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars if given the opportunity and now in in uh in in, in 2015 he's getting the opportunity he he's the guy that everybody knew wanted to coach the Raiders, and Mark Davis was told that by a number of people because I know. And uh, well, <laughs> the first choice is Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, uh, Jim Harbaugh turned down ten million dollars, though, and he went back to You can't hate on that. You can't. You can't. We can't say, "Hey, why'd you do that? Why'd you give up ten million dollars and stay in the NFL and stay in the Bay Area and potentially and more likely come back to Los Angeles?" That's something he didn't want to do. He wanted to go back to to the Midwest, he wanted to go back home, he wanted to go to Michigan, but now we now we're here and now we have Jack Del Rio. And uh that's Mark 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 has wanted him ever since Jim Harbaugh said no. And that's something that, that that's important to know as well. Um, he wanted to interview Mike Shanahan. He couldn't get his hand he couldn't get a, a direct interview with Del Rio until the Broncos allowed him to. The Broncos finally decided to let him do it. And uh, you know, well, he, he went to Denver. We we all know he went on Southwest. That um, <laughs> guy's worth 470 million. <laughs> 400. That guy's worth 470 million dollars. He's playing on Southwest Airlines. But anyway, um, you know that, it's just um, he. He went to Denver. He interviewed Jack, and then he knew that that was his guy from 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 the start. John Madden had told him, you know, I think Jack's gonna be the guy. He's one of us. He wants to be the guy. And they gave him that four-year deal. Jack's going to live out that four-year deal, and I think Reggie, if they win at least six, seven games, is going to get an extension as well to go with Jack's contract as well. Because I think, uh, but if they completely fail and they don't win more than two or three games next year, which I seriously doubt, uh, then they'll both. Then probably Reggie will be out, and we'll see how how it turns out with Jack. But I, I'm I'm very excited about Jack, guys, because he wants the job. First of all, that's that's probably the number that, – that that's a, a main reason. And Jack has a lot of experience. Uh, it didn't and, work out in Jacksonville for him because and, he went through nine and quarterbacks.
2: Brian, yeah. And, Brian, for the first time in, in a long time that we could finally get some continuity when it comes to personnel and the NFL draft and whatnot. We had an excellent draft last year. Um, I, I'll, I'll admit I'll – eat, I'll eat crow and say – that I was wrong about Khalil Mack and, you know, I wasn't in favor of him about E. Crow and say that was a great pick. Now we have another, you know, NFL draft coming up where we have all our picks, and the cupboard is not empty. You know, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good pieces in place right now, and he just has to capitalize on this. I mean, from the quarterback to the defense to the offensive line, just needs some consistency now. And, like, you know, the world's his oyster right now.
1: Yeah, and, and not only that, D will. If you land Mark Trestman to run your offense, and you get Mike Smith or Vic Fangio to run your defense, that's the best staff we've ever had since the Super Bowl year. I don't even think there's. A, I mean, you you could you could. That's the best staff we've probably ever had as as an organization, like since the Super Bowl that that they won the Super Bowl. Maybe, I mean. Tressman is an offensive genius, and then Mike Smith, uh, when he had his defense in 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 Jacksonville uh, with Shroud and Henderson in the middle with with Daryl Smith and 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 uh, Mathis and Mathis and and these guys. I mean, I, I know you guys remember they were really good top ten yeah. units. So yeah,
2: yeah, they were pretty
1: exciting as well.
2: Um, oh. hey, hey, bro were you, you. you talking earlier about, about Mike Smith? What were you, When I came on the line, you were saying
0: something about Mike Smith. What were you saying about Mike Smith? Uh, I know. I, I was just saying that it looks like Daria is going to find a way to bring along Mike Smith along with him to run the defense. And, hey, that would be one of our better defensive coordinators we've had since probably Rob Ryan was here. So I'm completely on board with that. And if we can somehow find Tressman and get him up in here and hopefully he doesn't sign with Cleveland, then, hey, that just makes things even that much better. So hey, I'm all for what JDR is doing right now. And pardon the pun, I'm jacked about this hire in my own personal opinion. <laughs> Do you, like, hey, you like you like JDR? I love <laughs> JDR. He's gonna make some things happen.
2: Oh man, you know, you know, uh I, I like the buzz. I like the buzz. If everybody else is happy, I'm happy. I wasn't, you know, that excited about him when when you told me you said, hey, everybody better get ready. For JDR right now, like why? Why should we get ready for JDR? You know, I know he's a good defensive coach. He's an excellent coordinator in, in my mind. But you know, I, I think as a head coach, he just had um, he had some flaws down there in Jacksonville where he was unable to manage like the personality uh, of his team. You know, where he he in, in sort of a way like let the inmates. Run the, asylum, run the asylum a little yeah. bit, you know.
1: The, the only thing that I will say about JDR that I didn't like before is that he ran through coordinators almost every two years or every year, right? If that's
2: right. right. And
1: I mean, and but, but but not only that, he ran through uh, quarterbacks like that as well. He had nine quarterbacks in nine years, not all, you know. So that that's that's that that's not going to happen here. He has the guy. There is a guy, and I think he is the guy for us for for a, the next 10 that... years.
2: It, to to his to his uh, to his defense, so a lot of that had to do with uh, a horrible front office in Jacksonville. That Jacksonville at that time at that time had a horrible front office. I think if they would have had the front office that they have right now with uh, with Jack, he would have been in a lot better position. But that front office was just terrible. Like they made horrible draft picks, you know, and they just made bad signings and everything down there, you know. So I, I'm I'm open. I'm open you know to give him a clean slate. I I'll, I'll give him a clean slate. And one of the um, best I... things about it, too, d will
1: in Rome um the guys from the Bay Area, he went to school here at USC. I think you know, you know what I'm what I'm getting at this guy would be good up there and when they come down here. So <laughs> it just makes perfect sense all the way around. And Uh-oh.
2: I don't, and, man. And, you know, you know what, man. I don't. that that's something. That's something we could talk about with the spring, man. Because I we, we could talk about. It. I don't think. I don't think we're coming down here, man.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't think so.
2: I, I don't I'll think, have to agree shoot,
0: think, D will. I don't. I,
2: mean, I, don't I think, think this is going, going,
0: going to be probably be that. a Rams deal of anybody. Of anybody, to cross <laughs> the field yeah. stadium. We'll, we'll talk. we we'll talk about this some other time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I have yeah, some yeah. information
1: <laughs> that might that might change your gentleman's mind a little bit. We will.
2: Hey, right, so it sounds like it sounds like we might have to schedule another show earlier than I wanted to schedule it. Hey, but real real quick though, man. Um, since since you're on the line, any any thoughts any thoughts on the uh, 49ers hire?
1: Uh, underwhelming a bit, but uh, if you look at, at at Tom Sula with the current roster, um, they they if it it's if it it's for, for for them because the players love him and they're going to work hard for him. And, I mean, he's no Jim Harbaugh, obviously. Nobody is Jim Harbaugh. But we know that that, that guys like Justin Smith might not retire anymore. We know that Frank Gore might be retained. They love this guy. And he's a guy that, you know, when Mike Singletary got fired, he was a coach for one game. But, you know, he was very heavily favored by a lot of players to to take the job um, after the season, and so was Vic Fangio. But we all know that Vic Fangio is going to be leaving uh, San Francisco now because he wanted to head a coaching job. If not, he would have stayed with Mike Shanahan if he would have gotten hired as well. But we know now that it's, it's Jim Tomsula, and uh, the only thing that I'd, I'm not liking about the, the the hire is who he would hire to run his defense, and that guy might be Jason Tarver. I wonder how that would work in San Francisco. Um, you know, Jason has a... I, I, I've seen every game that Jason has coordinated and... and, and uh, uh, he's the guy that can make you pull your head hair out of your head. Was
2: he was he, uh, he released though?
1: Was he released? Well, well, his contract was up yesterday, so he's a free okay. agent coach. So yeah, he could he's free to 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 look for a job anywhere he wants, and he was not coming back to the Raiders because uh, Jack Del Rio got hired and Jack uh, Ames hired. So, but Jason's <laughs> respected around the league. Uh, he was the San Francisco 49ers linebackers coach uh, for a couple years. And, um, well, he, he he went to Sanford to do the same job. But, you know, he went – I'm guessing he's going back to the 49ers now. Um, I'm interested to see how how they're going to run that defense. I think it's going to be a 4-3 under. Uh, so that means they might be able to uh, – they might just keep Willis and have Willis Borland and, and, and Bowman at the same time uh, with Lynch and Smith at the end. So I, I wonder how that will work too. I wonder who – the biggest hire, though – for the whole for, for Jim Tom Sula and, and and for Trent Baalke is who's going to come in to work with Colin Kaepernick? Is it going right. to be a guy? I heard uh, they were saying Tressman, uh, but I don't know who. If you were Mark Tressman, who would you pick? Would you pick to work
0: with Derek Carr? or Would you pick to work with Colin Kaepernick?
1: So hey, well, I, 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 I choose
0: Derek Carr over almost any of these young quarterbacks. I mean, the guy he's got the moxie, he's got the maturity. I mean, why would you go work with Manziel when the guy seems like he doesn't even get it? So yeah, if I'm Trustman, this is a no-brainer in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, go I the
1: agree with you. Is. He's going to go where
0: the money is. Oh well, yeah, gonna, but, but you got to you got to remember, business.
1: you could pay him, you could pay him two million, and the Bears have to c- cough up the rest. You know, the Bears still have to pay him the difference. So he's going to be making his money ne- for the next couple of years, no matter what.
2: So that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's going to be making his money no matter what. He just has to pick where he can go and reestablish himself. Well, because to me, Trustman is still a great offensive mind. So, I mean, it a re- whatever happened in Chicago, um, I hope G's not listening, but it was mostly Jay Cutler's <laughs> fault, in my opinion. You know, I, I Jay Cutler just, it, it, that whole team went down the drain because Jay Cutler went down the drain. But anyway, let's right. go back to Tom Sula. Tom Sula is a guy that I think could get these guys motivated. But, you know, the problem is you might have the two-time Super Bowl champions in your division, and you might have the Arizona Cardinals in your division. Well, you do have the Arizona Cardinals in your division as well. So, uh, uh, you're going to probably have to come Third in that pecking order behind those two teams, but um, Jim Tom Sula is a good hire. I know he's not a sexy hire for a lot of the fans uh, because when you do fire Jim Harbaugh and tell your fan base, "I'm going to bring in Jim Tom Sula," to uh, I'm going to keep Jim Tom Sula to um, to replace Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know that's not something that 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 that's going to make a lot of season ticket holders that pay a lot of money for those PSLs uh, happy. Uh, so, but but I, I like in a, lot. In, in I a football.
2: I'm uh-huh. not gonna lie. I know a lot. I have to Google him. When I, when I heard the name when I saw the name, I have to Google him. I had no
1: yeah, idea yeah. what he said. No, J- J- Jim's a great uh, a defensive line coach. That, the 49ers defensive line is not, you know, they're, kinda, they're, they're a great unit. I mean, you know, when, when Ray McDonald was there, uh, you, know, you know, Tank is probably going to be playing there next year. J- Justin Smith, obviously, he's had his best years under Jim Tomsula as well. So Jim Tomsula, he knows he's a great defensive line coach. But the the thing, uh, another thing that, that that you know has been talked about, he was never a coordinator, he was never a head coach anywhere, so they just promoted him today, so to be the head coach, kind of reminds me of what happened uh, with the Raiders, uh, you know, about twelve years ago. I'm sure you guys remember this uh, when they ha- they fired there uh, when they had a power struggle uh in, in the front office with uh with a guy named Al Davison and, and another guy that works on the Money Mac football booth mm-hmm. uh named John Gruden and they promoted hey, their online coach.
2: Stop stop bringing up old stuff, Brian. <laughs> hey, so that's what it out, man. That totally reminds got, me of though. Well got Willie we only got an hour show here, man. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, let, I, let, let everybody know. Let everybody know man where they can find you. Man, man I, I truly appreciate you coming on, man. Because we're definitely going to touch on that, and you just made you just made that topic, you know, a lot more a lot more flashier than than we're going to do it. Because i was just going to do it real laid back, man. So we're, tell everybody where they can find you
1: at, at Brian NFL in LA, and uh, with with G Cilio and, and 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 a lot of people on the Gridiron Nation that we're going to have in a couple weeks to break down the Super Bowl, and hopefully uh, we can get you guys' predictions on that show as well. Uh, at a at, uh, five uh, PM our time uh, on this very network, and, and um, you know I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, um, let you guys do the show because I mean I, I'm just excited to have Jack Del Rio and, and the Raiders might be back so you know hopefully everything works out and thank you guys for having me I uh, just wanted to say what's up.
0: Right, no problem. Thank, on, thank you for thank you for coming on, Brian. And All I'm right. about All as right. excited as you, man. It's going, be, right. it's going to be good times in the nation in the next few years. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, take yes, care.
2: So that's, that's one thing we'll have to talk about now, that and we, got, we got the coaches. We got the coaches out the way as far as the NFL um, West Coast. And when I said we got them out the way, including Denver, like we literally got them out the way. So Denver <laughs> still has to <laughs> find uh, another coach, and I'm sure John Elway isn't going to have a problem. Maybe you know Adam Gates comes back for them and, and and stays as a head coach. Because um, if Peyton Manning, if they want Peyton Manning to stay and come back, they got to have they got to hire um, Adam Gates as a head coach. Because he's not going to try to do this thing all over again. New defensive coordinator, new head coach. Like he needs some familiarity in his life. Um, Uh, Another hire, which you should be you should be very happy about, because you campaigned hard for this man last week. You campaigned very hard for him. No, no, no. You didn't campaign. You campaigned hard for Austin. Yeah. Todd Todd Bowles was named uh, head coach of the New York Jets. How do you
0: feel about that? Well, I mean, I like Todd Bowles. He's a hard nosed coach. You know, the players they'll come to work hard for him every day, or you'll be gone. The only problem I have with this hire is it's kind of like uh, Rex Ryan all over again. You got yourself a, a guy that has a dominant defense, but you really didn't do much to fix your offense. So my hope is with that, that Todd Bowles can find himself an offensive mind that can work with Geno Smith or whichever quarterback they end up drafting. Cause I do believe one of those quarterbacks will drop to the jets. And if he can find a guy to work with them and get things turned around, the Jets may not be as bad offensively as people think. I mean, you still got Eric Decker. You got Chris Ivory. You got Jason Morrow, who I think can potentially be a matchup nightmare going forward. The coverage isn't really all there in New York. He just has to find the offensive mind. How do you feel about that That one? I,
2: I don't think, you know, um, I hear I hear the sentiment from a lot of people saying it's Rex Ryan all over again. One, he's a completely different personality than Rex Ryan, and he's, he's a lot more disciplinarian. And I think he's going to keep those guys in check. And the offense, I I don't think that they are in a bad position at all. Um, Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson are two. You know, if they have that tandem, they could be decent. What held that team back, man, was a horrible play calling, you know, over the years, over the years from Schottenheimer and and Marty Morion. Like, one thing that I would say Marty did well was teach the game. Geno Smith, I think Geno Smith is in a good position. As long as they hire a solid offensive coordinator, um, they should be in a good place. All right, so we're running out of time. So and before we get into next week, tell me um, who's your who's your NFL MVP? This is right off the top. Let's just go for the juggler MVP.
0: oh well, it was a close one this year, but I'm going to still have to go with the offense over the defense. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers is my MVP this year. He's getting the job done on one leg. He doesn't throw very many interceptions. And when you go on that tundra out there in Green Bay, he just takes his game to a whole new level. The problem is he's going into Seattle, a tough place to play. But this is a regular season award, and I'm going to have to give it to Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, a close second.
2: You know, to me, um, after after much, much deliberation in my mind, like, it seemed that um, it seemed initially – that that Aaron Rodgers was slam dunk, but um, I don't think I don't think he's a slam dunk anymore, man. I I don't I don't think that he was a slam dunk because the one Tony Romo had one hell of a season. Tony Romo had one hell of a season uh, playing quarterback, and he was just so so efficient. And he led the NFL in in efficiency in in passer rating. You know, um, he averaged more yards attempt than Aaron Rodgers had a. He almost threw for seventy percent completion rate. Um, He was just he he was just as turnover free as Aaron Rodgers. He only threw nine interceptions. Aaron threw five. Threw thirty four touchdowns. He had more touchdowns per game than Aaron Rodgers because you remember he sat out uh, a couple games. Tony Romo, man, had, had one hell of a year, bro. One hell of a year, and it should be a lot closer. It's going to be interesting. You know, um, he should he should definitely get some votes. It should not be unanimous at all. It should not be Aaron Rodgers unanimous MVP. But if the Houston Texans would have made the playoffs, I can't give, I can't give the MVP to somebody's team who didn't make the playoffs. If Houston Texans would have made the playoffs, I would say J.J. Waller is down as the MVP because he was far and away the best player in the NFL this year, which goes to our next category, and we could just say, hey, J.J. Watt is the NFL defensive player of the year. But who, who would you have second or third?
0: Uh, we could say J.J. Watt is the defensive player of the year, but it's not that it's not unanimous either, though. Eh, it's saying, unanimous. it's and unanimous. Justin Houston exactly. had 21 sacks himself this season, so, I mean, he made a pretty good case in his own right, four sacks in I'm, the last game of the season. How many? How many? How many? How many interceptions did Justin Smith have? Justin, Justin Houston? Houston have? Uh, I don't believe he intercepted any passes this season.
2: Oh, how many? Um, how many passes? How many
0: passes defense did, did Justin Houston have? Hmm. I'd have to look. I'd have to look that up. <laughs> I know. I know Watt is defeated. I know Watt is probably leaps and bounds ahead of him in all these other subjects. But I'm just saying that you got to throw a little love, Justin Houston's bullet way. I'll go
2: with
0: watch
2: myself, but how, Houston's many, no slouch either. how many how many how many defensive touchdowns did that Justin Houston have?
0: Probably zero. <laughs> Quite possibly zero, Mills. No, no, shade, no, shade,
2: no shade no shade at all. No shade at all to Justin Houston. And you no, know, he had an excellent year. But to me, like you didn't beat you didn't have more you know, you had like two more sacks. Than, than the guy did, you know. It's just like he, like like they said on NFL.com, he probably had the quietest uh, 22 sack season in, in the history uh, of the league. But you know, when you have JJ Watt just causing all that disruption that he did, um, plays where he didn't sack the quarterback, um, like he he was a monster, man, and he was a he was a run stopper and everything. Justin Houston wasn't a run stopper either, you know. What I mean, hey, he he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that you know that you put you put on the edge and you just tell him uh, rush the quarterback and you're not a big time running stopper. So, hey, no no shade at all to Justin Houston, man, but hey, it's to me. It's J J. Y. Um Coach of the Air. Um, coach of the
0: Year, I'll still go Bruce Arians from Arizona. because There is no way that team should have made the playoffs after losing Carson Palmer, after losing Drew Stanton, and there's really not much on offense. You got you lost Andre Ellington also. Then your defense, you actually lost Calais Cowboy for a few games. He mm-hmm. found a way to keep it together and get Arizona 11 wins. That counts for something in my book, Arians, you're the coach of the year. Close second, Doug uh, Marone.
2: Uh, I don't know about Doug Marone, but he did he did cool. Just two, two guys, two guys I give a hat tip to, though, man. It's is one, um, talked about earlier in the show, is the best coach in, in, in the history of this league. Uh, Bill Belichick, because after after they got ran by Kansas City on that Monday night football game, everybody wrote that team off. Am I right? Yeah. We all all pretty much wrote the Patriots off, you know. Then, Then all of a sudden what happened, they became the best team in the league from that point on. So much props to Bill Belichick, man. And to Jason Garrett as well, too, because nobody had the Cowboys uh, winning their division. Nobody had the Cowboys having that season that they, that they did. You know, like, we all laughed at them at the beginning of the year saying how terrible their defense was. Uh, Romo can't do this. Romo can't do that. And, you know, he took a step back uh, to give away a play calling duties to other coaches and just sat there and watched his team win and pulled the proper straight, the props to Jason Garrett. But, hey, like I've been saying all year long, Arizona Cardinals, Bruce Arians just hands down this season and maybe last season too, the best coaching in NFL for those couple years, and he 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 made some excellent decisions this year. Um, He played to the strength of his team, and they should have had you know if if had not had not facing the Seattle Seahawks. And week 16, um, they they should have been the number one seed in, in the NFC and had the opportunity to host the game. But it is what it is. Um,
0: defensive rookie of the year. Uh, um, I was thinking of two guys, but I'm going to have to go on and go with the uh, wins. C.J. Mosley and a close one over Khalil Mack. 152 tackles. You get three interceptions, two sacks. Hey, you had yourself a pretty good season, and you're going to be the next big thing at linebacker in Baltimore. No shade to my boy Khalil; he had himself a great rookie season, also alternate to the Pro Bowl, four sacks. He's going to be a dominant force going forward. But today, CJ Mosley, defensive rookie of the year.
2: Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you. Let me throw a couple other names out there. Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr had one of the year too. Um, for the Minnesota Vikings and Aaron Donald for the St. Louis Rams, you know, and West, you no, know, we got to keep it. We got to keep it West. Uh, he had 48 tackles and nine sacks, nine sacks from a defensive tackle position, and he's just his motor is just unbelievable. Um, a fabulous rookie season for for a rookie defensive tackle to have nine sacks. That's pretty amazing. Um, so. Shout-out shout out to Aaron Dono, man. But, yeah, C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley's a boss. Um, he, he's definitely a boss. Um, offensive rookie
0: year. I'll go with Kelvin Benjamin from Carolina because he just stepped in, and he's doing a pretty good job of filling in for one Steve Smith. You no, know, I like Eric Ebron from Detroit also, but their offense left a lot to be desired. And at times it just seemed like Benjamin was the only guy Cam could go to. So just pretty much based on the situation, of need, I'll go with Benjamin. How about you?
2: Um, you know, I would like to say Benjamin, but I'm not. You know, me, I'm a big Florida State guy, and I've, I've been, you know, tooting, uh, I've been riding the Benjamin train all year, man. But uh, especially, like, if, if I'm going to pick a receiver, I'm not going to pick Benjamin. Uh, but first of all, before I go into my pick, and I'm going to segue into something else. Um, there are some other wide receivers. Mike Evans, Mike Evans gets a shout-out, too, because he was just a beast second half of the season at the wide receiver position, but Jeremy Hill, man, Jeremy Hill, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, he finished the year top 10 in rushing, and he didn't even start to, like, the last seven games of the year, and Jeremy Hill was just a monster, man, um, and I have him on my fantasy team, I'm loving it, uh, Trey Mason, uh, also, well, excellent rookie, but man, um, Offensive rookie of the year, bro, is, you know, ODB, or OBJ, whatever whatever acronym people want to call him. You know, whatever people want to call him, people like to call him OBJ. I like to call him ODB, Odell Beckham. He's the old, dirty bastard because there's no father to his style right now. Uh, Shout out to the Wu-Tang Clan. There's no father to Odell Beckham style, man. We have not seen um, a wide receiver in the league doing what he does in a long time. There are some fabulous wide receivers in this National Football League, man, but I'm I'm going to stick my neck out, man. And, see, with him, it's not all about size. You know what I mean? It's not all about size. Um, Antonio Brown, you know, has some competition, but Odell Beckham Jr. is just a freak. His hands, uh, the way he contorts his body, up in the air. He catches the short passes and takes it to the house. Um, he blocks, runs over guys trying to pop up for the head. He, you know, breaks tackles. Then he goes the long one. Um, this guy right here, man, uh, Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. Finished, finished in, in the top five in, in NFL with, with the, uh, with the touchdowns. Um, how many touchdowns? He had twelve touchdowns, and he missed like the first five weeks of the season. You know, that's was, that was unbelievable. He missed he missed like the first five weeks of the season in, in reality, and you know he they they brought him on real real slow. They brought him on slow, and it wasn't until like I think week eight or week nine, that game against Indianapolis, where he just, like, started to ball out, and he even, Richard Sherman had to give him props because he caught seven passes for 100 yards against the Seattle Seahawks, and, and since that game, like, he was absolutely unstoppable, man. Like, there's, really, to me, um, if, if I'm picking fantasy football next year, the first wide receiver coming to the board, to me, is Odell Beckham Jr., not Antonio Brown, not Calvin Johnson, not Mary Thomas, nobody, I'm taking ODB, and that's just how I feel about it, man, because this dude was just straight out falling
0: well, I'll say this Mills you're probably in the majority there because yeah, everybody's going out to back him he won't be a sleeper no longer
2: and and i'm going to segue i'm going to segue we I left off on him I'm segue to the best moment, my favorite moment of this NFL season was that incredible, incredible one hand uh falling back guy passing the parents no way he should have caught that ball, had to have stick him on his hands, and still landed and maintained possession of the ball. <laughs> that that Sunday night football catch, man. Just, oh, my God. That was just remarkable. The night Twitter broke. The, the night social media broke
0: over that <laughs> catch, man.
2: Uh, that, was a game, that was a game against the Dallas Cowboys, and good Lord, man, like he just, he tore like that's when he just, he tore the house he tore the house down, oh man! After see I can't even, I can't even talk man I'm still I'm, I'm watching that play right now and, in your mind huh? no not in my mind I'm, oh you oh you literally, uh, you're literally looking at it right now you I'm literally looking at it right on my laptop right now I'm, I'm looking at that play and it's just it's it's just remarkable
0: uh, what's your best moment of the year.
2: My best part of the moment, me I mean, Beckham catch,
0: that left. That was just one hell of a play. It probably was the greatest play, but I'm going to be homerific with it. The, day, the night the o and and Oakland Raiders take on Kansas City and on national TV, you go up against a defense that ain't allowed, no rushing touchdowns at all, and an unknown named Latavius Murray comes on the scene and busts him up for 130 yards, including a big 90-yarder in just four to five carries, establishing himself as the running back of the Oakland Raiders going forward. So I'll have to say his ninety yard touchdown run was my favorite uh, moment of the season because it propelled us to our first victory and killed any zero sixteen talk. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what's your worst? What's your worst moment of the season? Hmm. Anything Oakland Raider related? Next.
2: <laughs> All right, man. Um, gosh, man, we ran. I let we I let Brian rant way too long, man. But that was so good to have him on, man. Um, I can't even. I can't even get on my soapbox. Uh,
0: like I wanted to, and talk about this. Uh, the, uh, worst okay. of two, the worst no, I got moment. Of it. To, Seriously though, my favorite moment, my worst moment of the year was opening day when MJD kicks the ball back 15 yards in the Derek Carr's lap. Hey
2: man, we're not talking about we're not talking about the Raiders stuff anymore, man. Not
0: right now. Come on, let's be serious, man. Let's be serious. The worst um, moment. You, that win. was that was a yeah, that was worst player of the year. You ain't even gotta be a radio fan to say that was just I'm not horrible. Even, I'm not talking I'm not talking about the play though. I'm not talking about play.
2: The worst moment of the year was all that off the field crap that happened at the beginning of the season with the uh, with the Ray Rice. With Ray Rice, uh Greg Hardy and worst of all Adrian Peterson and you know, man, uh it had to have people really questioning, you know what I mean, like the, the sport I love, the NFL, you know, uh are the players suitable to be role models? Like, is the league doing the right things? And I'm glad um, the powers that be kind of switched up and changed the focus and take care of uh, the social issues and and family issues that and domestic violence stuff that they need to take care of to make this league a more desirable place for uh, for our kids, my future kids, to to grow up and, and be uh, NFL players, man. Um, you no, know, Adrian Peterson is hands down my favorite player in the league, and I was sad that I couldn't get to see him play football this year. And you know, the you know, rules, are rules, the laws, of laws, and things get interpreted in such a way. You know, the most important things to kids. But I'm sad, man, that I didn't get to watch AP play this year. And you know, hopefully he comes back next year and is not playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so that's hands down the worst moment of the year. So let's go ahead. And uh, give me give me your prediction for um, the Colts and the Patriots. Uh,
0: New England should romp. I'm rooting for the upset. But Andrew Luck, he's never been in this situation before. Brady, he'll make the plays. New England will win the game late. It wouldn't
2: surprise me if the Colts win this game. It would. Like, we, we have no idea what we're going to get out of Andrew Luck. But um, – we don't know. We don't know about T.Y. Hilton, Reggie Wayne, all those high receivers up against that elite secondary. They'll have to go underneath to Boom Heron and and Coley cleaner and Dwayne Allen all day long in order to get the win. And who knows what the Patriots are going to do? I mean, they ran the about 40 times you know, the first time that they played them. They could probably do the same thing again, or they did last week and passed it 50 times. Who knows? Um, I say the Patriots winning the close one, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Andrew Luck shocks the world
0: and and actually wins the Super Bowl this year. Whoa, whoa! And Luck yeah. can get there, but if he goes up against the world champs, he's gonna he's gonna be in a world of hurt. But that's with Brady also. Seattle's just on a whole other plane from anyone right now.
2: They, they could be beat, man. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the pack and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are, are, are the, is the best team to in the league then. They have so many flaws. Like they have to the Seahawks have to play a perfect game. They pretty much play a perfect game every time. They pretty much play a perfect offensive game. Mistake free every time. Um they make their tackles on defense. They they hardly gamble. But they are vulnerable. They are very vulnerable against the run. If uh they unleash Eddie Lacey against them, um, it could be it could be a long night. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Seahawks are going to smash them because Aaron Rodgers just isn't right right now, and that's just how I feel about it. Um, I don't think this game is going to be close, to tell you the truth. I don't. We all have to
0: agree with you there. Seattle is going to be pretty much what they did the first time around. You, you get pressure, you knock Rodgers around. I mean, he's hobbling around on one leg anyway. I think Marshawn Lynch will get off after pretty much being shut down for the most part last week and it'll open up plays for Russell Wilson to find Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse, like he always likes to do. Green Bay, it won't be a high-scoring game, but Green Bay, they'll be overwhelmed by that defensive pressure, and I'll say Seattle will take them 26-14 and get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah,
2: it's going to, they're going to score more than 26 points. They're probably going to score like 40. They might, they might <laughs> score 100. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, yeah. oh, No. Right, so I want, to thank, I want to thank all the listeners, the loyal listeners of the NFL West Recess, and, and I appreciate you guys following us through the transition of going from blog talk radio to uh, talk show on our website, NGSC Sports Network. Um, you know, just thank everybody who brought me here, uh, uh, Ernest Christian, Kyle Nash, uh, Raphael, everybody that makes this thing pop uh, radio room. I thank you very much. Don't interrupt me while I'm talking. Uh, Thank you very much for joining me this year. Thank you for holding it down um, when I took my paternity leave to be with my wife and my newborn son, Daniel. Uh, Shout out to Kyle Nash for filling in for me in those times. And you know what, man, like next year, if, if you were just now listening to the NFL West Recess when it came to talk to and didn't hear some blog talk, my favorite part about the show was the music that I got to play. And next year, I'm gonna get right. I'm gonna get the app right, the clownfish, and have some bomb hip hop on here. So it could be really indicative of what you know the West Coast is all about. So you could just hear that flavor at the beginning of the show when you hear the West is back. Come on, and you know, and I go into my early show rant. Like I just wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? It's just this is too technical, too technical right now. And I promise you, I promise you, stick with us. Um, we're only going to get better. We're only going to get better. So um, I don't even want to let you say anything. All right, go ahead, Rome, man. What you,
0: what you got to say? Man, <laughs> man. Yeah, that's why I worked in Blue Florida State out, just good because just of that. That's why. But, no, but, no, seriously, though, th- thank you for adding me to your program, um, d Will. It, it was a great experience. I had a great time. You know, thanks, Kyle, for having me also. You know, I, I really love this transition. The evolution of this show is just going to get better and better. You know, thank Josh for being a, a great listener. You know, I'm, su- I'm sure he'll add some more people to the program next season that can listen to us. And we're just going to get better and better from here on out. You know, I had a great, I had a great experience with you. Thanks again, D-Will. See you next year for, you early, or for our draft preview show. You're welcome, sir, man.
2: So, so once again, thanks to everybody for listening. Um, that's the season finale of the NFL West Recess. You can catch me on Twitter, at Spitzgame, at S-P-I-T-S-G-A-M-E. Um, you could check out all my basketball musings on pickandroll.com.au, or you might, be, um, you might actually catch me on the Gridiron Nation next week and the week after to talk about some football. Um, you check out ProPlayersInsiders.com. Um, I'm covering the NFLPA collegiate uh, bowl, so I'm doing some write-ups. I had the opportunity to interview a couple of good players, young players coming into this league. Um, so you can check my features on ProPlayerInsiders.com uh, tomorrow and all throughout the weekend while I cover that game. And once again, man, like, without, without you listening, there's no me. You know, I do this for everybody out there that's listening. I just don't do it to listen to myself talk. Because honestly, I don't even listen to the show. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna keep it 100. I do not listen to the show at all. You know, I, I, I don't like hearing myself talk, but I enjoy, I enjoy bringing it to you. And if it wasn't for you out there listening, I would not be here. So once again, God bless everybody. Um, Catch you in a couple weeks in the NFL West Resets when we do our draft breakdown. One love.
0: All right. Take care, everybody. Find me at the Sports Butler at Twitter. See hey you man, there. Hey,
2: you man, you're not supposed to get the last word in, man.
0: Uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm getting the last word tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bye, man. Peace.
0: All right, Mel. Take care.